Hello, welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast, where we're all about playing with ways to navigate life's harsher edges with a spirit of compassionate creativity. I'm Andy Mort, I'm a sound artist, songwriter and slow coach, and I love helping highly sensitive people understand and engage with their natural internal rhythms and processes using creativity and play so they can make sustainable progress on meaningful pursuits without getting overwhelmed, shutting down or burning out. So this is the last of a mini series of three episodes where we've been unpacking uh, some of the ideas that came out of our theme cotter in the Haven when we brainstormed um, around questions concerning change. Uh, The first episode explored the question of uh, how we know when change is knocking at the door or how what what indicates to us uh, that change has come through the door, that it's time to look at uh, a change in life. Uh, Check out that episode if you missed that. Um, Last time we looked at how to move from change as a possibility to change as a reality, how to embody change, whether it's um, to kind of uh, start making it happen to start instigating it ourselves or to integrate and embrace uh, changes that have occurred um, around us in life. So yeah, how change actually comes about, approaches we might take to it um, and ways we've either instigated and integrated it ourselves or things we've observed other people do. So that was last week's, go and listen to that if that's, uh, yeah, kind of if you've missed it or if that's a situation you're in. Um, And today we're going to be considering the question of motivation. How do we get motivated to change and how do we stay motivated once uh, the change, once that sort of journey has begun, Um, especially if the immediate pressing need, that kind of immediate uh, stimulation towards change, that immediate motivation uh, or desire has sort of worn off a little bit where the novelty uh, wears off and it's like, ah, here we go. We're, we're into, we're into life again here. Uh, the, the joy of the, the joy of the possibility of something new has moved into a, um, yeah, a kind of reality of, of something hard a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, in this part of our Cotter session, we began with the question of what is motivation? Um, and yeah, it was quite a difficult, difficult one to to begin answering. But once we once things started flowing, it's like yes, I think we've got it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it comes in different shapes, sizes, and from a range of sources. It's a feeling, an energy, an inner spark. But it's also something that comes from external resources. It grows in connection with other people, and there is so much more to it than willpower. It was really interesting to think about how we get motivated to change and what helps us stay motivated uh, when we're acting towards change or trying to stay energized in the face of upheaval and transition, things that we wouldn't have chosen um, to happen in our lives, uh, things that we encounter um, as changes that, that sort of let themselves through the door, even though we haven't asked them to come around. Um, so like previous episodes, I'm going to go through the responses um and just add little reflections to them as i feel um appropriate um they are not all just my thoughts um so these are gathered from our collective conversation uh, where we um, used both the zoom chat function to brainstorm things to just write down okay these are the ideas that come to mind in response to those questions um and then what came out of our 
subsequent conversation. Um, so, yeah, I hope this kind of comes across as a uh, a collective uh, surge of curiosity and connection as I go through this stuff, and um, that it brings an open and expansive filter through which uh, we can start to think about possible options for making and embracing and absor- absorbing change and, and staying motivated and connecting with the things, with the reasons that underpin um, either the change itself, like what is it that means this change is important to us um, or motivates us in the way that we approach, uh, the way that we absorb the, and the way that we embrace changes that happen um in the world around us or, or happen to us. So, um, yes, hope that makes sense. Um, and as I mentioned before, Tula and I have turned these, uh, these kind of ideas into bite-sized quick reference digital cue cards. Uh, so you can download them and keep them handy. Um, so yeah, little one page one, little one pager for each of the, each of the episode questions or each of the questions that underpin each of the three episodes. <laughs> I made that far more confusing than it needed to be. Um, but yeah, there's a, a flow diagram um, that kind of brings you to land on the area of the map that you are uh, dealing with at any given time. Um, so whether it's, yeah, I, I feel like something's going on, but I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe I need to sort of orientate myself towards change, like work out what is it that's talking to me in terms of change right now. Uh, or maybe you know what it is that needs to change and you're just um, are looking for ways to turn that into a reality because it's like, I know, you know, I know this area, I want, I, I know this part of my life needs to change, but I don't know how to then take the steps to make that happen. Uh, or maybe you you know exactly what you need to do, uh, but staying motivated with it is another question. Um, and so that's what we'll explore today. But those um yeah, they're they're available in those three um, three cue cards, which you can find a link to in the show notes, or go to the haven.co, or the hyphen haven.co even, so the dash haven.co um, slash autumn slash change, and you should be able to get hold of them there. Um, and as I've said in previous episodes, if you're listening to this and thinking, um, yeah, like I'm, this this is all great but I could really use a sounding board, uh, someone to sort of help me get clear on uh, like where I'm at with the voice of change. I can, I can feel it speaking. I know, I know something needs to change. Um, I just am slightly overwhelmed. Um, then you can book a pick the lock call with me, which is a chance to, yeah, dig into anything that you would um, appreciate a calm and connected 60 minute call with me around. Um, so we thought about motivation as a catalyst for action, motives, reasons for taking action. You know, if we have a compelling enough need or desire, uh, the behaviour or the change often feels like a no-brainer. It's like if there's a if there's something that is driving us, uh, then the um, action follows. A motivation to start might not be enough to sustain your energy as you keep moving in the direction of the change that you um, want to make. You know, that primary motivation might be fear. It might be away from something that you don't want. Maybe something is going on and you're like, I need to make this change because I need to get away from that. Um, Or it might be desire. So towards something that you do want. Maybe you've realized, do you know what? Actually, I I really, really want to sort of have that thing go be that thing, do that thing, whatever. Um, 
but these feelings are often um, temporary. You know, there, there's a temporary surge of energy, isn't there, uh, that might disappear. Um, generally, will disperse to some degree once we start the journey. Um, I was thinking about this in relation to a, a gout attack that I had uh, in the at the beginning of the summer this year. Um, which really motivated me to figure out exactly what caused it and avoid ever having another one. Um, and a few months on, and obviously, well, not obviously, you don't know, but like the the, the pain has gone, um, the uh, the gout has gone down considerably, and I, so I don't feel anything anymore um, in that area. And so the motivation for change is no longer driven in the same way which is really interesting because like the experience of the pain is no longer there in my sensory experience. It's no longer accessible in my sensory memory. Um, I can remember that it was one of the most, if not the most painful things that has ever happened to me, but I can't access the direct sensation. So, so that motivation is not the same. Um, so it's, it kind of requires different ways of, um, of finding motivation to uh, carry on the habits that are hopefully going to stave off another attack. And when we're in a state of safety and connection, motives towards meaning and positive creative goals become a lot stronger. If we're not in a survival or defensive state, we have capacity to consider things that we want more of and change becomes a curious possibility rather than something we either must make happen to escape a threat or something that we have to navigate as a threat. Uh, and so we're going to start with um, uh, three micro motivations that we talked about in our um, session that can connect us to our creative energy. So the first one is glimmers. Um, we talked about this recently um, a few times, I think, um, but looking for little sparks um, and joyful um, observations, joyful feelings is what Deb Dana calls uh, glimmers. She talks about them as small points of um, kind of sparkle that give us a surge of positive energy, like a temporary, small, momentary connection with something outside or within us that makes us feel a sense of wonder, a sense of calm, a sense of uh, connectedness, excitement. And we can use this idea in conjunction with the change that we're going through by maybe setting an intention to stop and notice good things about the change, about the process that you're going through. Um, even if the change feels kind of scary and big at times, we might find uh, glimmers in it, especially if we look for those points within the process that are actually really cool and that we're grateful for or that we're noticing is, uh, yeah, kind of bringing something to life in us. Even if the change is unwanted, maybe there is something within uh, the the journey with that change that has prompted a feeling of connection and something that actually when you think about it, yeah, that it's made that possible, and I'm I'm kind of grateful for that. Um, and so, by making kind of searching for glimmers, looking out for glimmers, a practice, we might be able to anchor into a steady flow of uh, micro surges of motivation that keep us connected to to good things as we as we go on within the journey uh, of change. Then images and cues, so like using physical objects that remind us of our motives. The thing, the reason that we are uh, embarking on this process. Uh, maybe it's something that reminds us of a, a role model or a person that inspired our desire for change. Perhaps it's something that shows us a, an image of the future that we are um, working t- 
towards. Or maybe it's just something that makes us feel connected and energized internally within ourselves, uh, maybe not related directly to the thing that we're changing. There might be certain textures or smells or tastes that just give you a kick of motivated energy. Um, which I suppose is is kind of similar to the to the glimmer idea as well, but it's kind of taking a physical op- object that you can carry with you maybe um, and and kind of access uh, when you need it. And the third micro motivation is uh, kind of quick options for play. So having some creative prompts or specific ideas for quick and simple wins that help us act in service of change without it feeling. Uh, draining or complicated it feels like you know it's it's not part of really taking action it's just doing something um doing something kind of almost accidentally uh to make taking action feel ridiculously small and easy in that sense put reminders in places you wait for things like i don't know by the kettle or on your desk or in the bathroom these are also useful cues to get into flow at times, you know, the smallest little micro goal can have cascading effects. For example, say I want to change my relationship with creativity and take more photos or uh, do more um, creative writing exploration or something. A micro motivator might say, uh, take one photo while I wait for the kettle to boil. Just look around me where I am of something here in the vicinity. Just take a photo or write three words. What can I see? What can I hear? What can I smell? Just write three words in relation to those questions. That's enough. Easy win. (laughs) Um, And occasionally that might then open up more curiosity and more creative flow, either in that moment, or it might actually just have a sort of more underlying invitation to the flow of creative energy that moves with us through the day. Okay, so now on to some of the other things that might underpin our motivation or can become options for motivation, sources of motivation as we move in step with the changes uh, that we want to make or that we are um, kind of facing in our life. How do you stay motivated? Remember, these are a mixture of brainstormed answers, options, possibilities, uh, and I'll expand on each of them. They're not all relevant for everything and everyone uh, they're not all, um, yeah, for every situation. So stop trying or forcing it. It's perhaps a mindset thing, but also a practical thing and something that really underpins and flows from a particular type of confidence. Just like a seed grows in the dark out of view, change often happens accidentally and inadvertently when we're not looking. So we can find motivation in the confidence to let go and trust that change is happening even when we can't see it. Um, so it sounds strange, perhaps we might think of it as motivation through a spirit of rest. It's exhausting to think we've always got to be pushing and trying and exerting. And also to think that when we're not doing those things, nothing is happening. You know, that is a kind of background drain. I don't know if you ever experienced that. I experienced that quite a lot where you think, ah, oh, I haven't looked at that thing for such a long time um, and actually realizing there's, there, is, there are ebbs and flows. There is change going on, even though I'm not directly influencing it. So what if change is still happening 
because we planted the seed and are doing things to maybe just water it and nurture it. Maybe it doesn't actually need that much attention for it to happen without us worrying, meddling or fiddling. Um, And if we can accept that, it's so much easier to relax and to um, to kind of put our attention into uh, other things. So what else might motivate us? Accountability, connection with other people. Accountability is, again, it comes in different shapes and sizes, doesn't it? And may have a particular flavour for you. You may be like, oh, uh, I'm not sure about that word. (laughs) Um, And as a motivation, it is about sharing an intention with another person or group of people and inviting them into the journey, essentially. So in the Haven discussion, and the Haven's a great place for accountability, for this kind of gentle accountability. And we talked about uh, the idea of accountability. It qualified it with the words um, support, presence and connection without pressure or critique. So accountability is really presence and willingness to be there alongside you, to be there alongside others, not cracking the whip or telling you off for not taking enough action, but just gently holding the space, being in that space, allowing a return home to an intentional goal, you know, someone with whom we can reconnect with what we want or what we're aiming towards and why it matters to us. Maybe they're involved in this thing, but maybe they're not. What else is key for motivation? Identifying the resources that you require and establishing a steady flow of access to them. So, yeah, we talked about having adequate stuff to actually do the thing, to actually make the change, to actually contribute to that process. Uh, You know, if we're constantly fighting for the resources that we need, whether that's actual kind of physical materials or finances or whatever, or maybe more abstract resources like time and energy, if we're focused on getting them, if that's taking our energy up, like finding the things that we need in order to do the thing, it's really hard to connect with deeper motivation in a consistent and sustainable way. So we brought this under the umbrella of boundaries. You know, boundaries help us to, to get and stay motivated in a sense because they allow us to protect resources. They give us processes and practices to ensure a flow of necessary resources that we don't need to worry about whether or not we have what we need. It's like we set that um, in motion when we start. We, we're like, okay, we, these are the things we're going to need. These are the boundaries that are going to ensure that that is going to have a steady flow um, or they are going to keep kind of coming through um, into uh, the, the process with a steady flow. Um, we might think of this as committing to a path and an approach. You know, it might not be perfect. It's probably not perfect. There is no perfect approach to anything. Uh, but it's the one that we've chosen. And if it's good enough, it's going to get us where we're going. And we can relax in that confidence. This means we can take our eyes and our energy away from um, other options, worrying that we're not doing it right, worrying that, oh, they're, you know, they're telling me that I should do it that way. It's like, no, you've, you've kind of made the choice to commit to to it to doing it this way and this is getting the job done this is doing what you need it to do Um, and so you're free not to worry about having got made the wrong decision Um, which is yeah a big thing for so many of us I think is yeah that comparison trap that can take us as we as we begin and and it's tempting as well because you know once you're in the middle of a process of change 
uh, and it feels hard and you do have the fits and starts aspect and you do you know it's like oh this is actually you know this is not easy at all uh it can be tempting to believe that that's because we've got we've made the wrong up we've made the wrong choice like we've taken the wrong option uh, but actually it's just the nature of change it's just how it is um and if we made that other if we chose that other thing um two two months down the line or however long uh, we would be thinking exactly the same thing to be thinking yeah i, mean, I wish i maybe i should have made that other choice because when we see other people doing it we don't see that sort of stodgy difficult messy aspect uh speaking of options leave the option to quit on the table um so if our nervous systems feel trapped they're going to focus on getting away from the threat rather than moving towards the desired change um this is quite an interesting thing um to reflect on like how tethered we are to an outcome um or maybe we tell a story that uh, only losers quit so we can't quit we've got to stick this of all the things we've got to stick with this and show the world that we can stick with the thing um and so we take quitting off the table we say you can't quit whatever you do don't quit so what what do our unconscious systems start mobilizing to do they start seeing this goal as a threat it's like i, I can't quit i'm not allowed to quit therefore i'm trapped therefore i need to get away from this um and so by bringing freedom to the table and saying, do you know what? Yeah, the option to quit is always there. If this gets too overwhelming, if this is really hard, um, you know, I'm happy to embrace that choice if, if it's something that I decide to make. Um, and if we are, are able to do that, we actually make it far less likely that we're going to give up in that way. Um, other motivators, celebrating wins. Um, Physical micro celebrations like a smile, a fist pump, a deep exhale and a, ah, yes, when you do something that contributes in the direction of the change that you're making. You know, we talked about this in the recent episode on momentum killers and how we lose momentum when we don't link moments together with little outbreaths of celebration. Momentums. <laughs> uh, otherwise, we end with mementas. You know, there's so much to do and I can't keep up. I've finished this and now I need to do something else. Ah, memento. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. So actually linking, thinking of linking together. So rewriting the neural pathways uh, with these uh, micro celebrations, connecting um, uh, an action that we want to take with a little tiny celebration, a little shine as BJ Fogg calls it uh, in, um, in Tiny Habits. Motivation. Um, might also come through intentional journeying, journey, journeying, journaling and progress logging. Um, so experiment with ways to log progress and establish uh, intentions around that. Maybe a weekly or a monthly reflection to keep you connected and focused, uh, aware of how far you've already come, aware of where you're going. You know, we can lose focus because we adapt so quickly to the changes that we make and we forget that, Things haven't always been like this. Um, you know, it's one of the most beautiful things, the most amazing things about humans. Um, it's why we've been able to evolve and adapt in so many different environments. Um, is because we can. We can adapt. Like, we're able to do that. And we're able to cope with, a, with changes in circumstances in remarkable ways, um, with resilience. 
but that also um, can mean that we don't uh, take the time and appreciate the fact that uh, you know you've come a long way. You've you've done an incredible amount. We're always you know focused towards the future of like yeah, but what? There's so much to do. There's so much to do. Um, and so uh, yeah, I mean, this is true in my experience. I completely overlook how far I've come. You know how much I've learned. The vast difference between where I am now compared with where I was then um, and a journal really helps like it's helped me become more aware of that become more mindful of the fact that um, those changes have taken place um, next one work with a coach or a mentor you know it's the obvious one but sometimes it doesn't occur to us to work with someone who is trained to support the process of change um, you know a coach can provide processes and maps to help us navigate the messy terrain of forward-focused change in an unpredictable world. Um, not always the right option, not always relevant. Um, and also mentoring um, is great if there's a specific change that you're making. Somebody who is um, who, who is a figure who can support specifically, they've got the experiences in that area. Someone who has been there and done it, who, can, who knows the, the points at which to... Um, yeah, sort of support you around the 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 posts, the flags to um, to help you hit and things like that. Uh, establish the connection. So I should maybe have started with this, but then it wasn't at the top of the list, so it wasn't what we talked about first in our session. So I didn't. Um, but yeah, this is really connecting with why does this change matter? What is this change going to give me? What difference is it going to make? How is it going to positively impact my life? How is it going to positively impact the people around me? Uh, so really connecting with the importance of this change is um, is core when it comes to um, staying um, within motivation and doing this with a gentle curiosity and creative sense of engagement rather than um, through an energy of like, the, uh, the, I must have this at all costs, <laughs> which could could come through that sort of why does this change matter? Suddenly it starts becoming very pressing and urgent. But actually, no, it's like the you know, there, and there might be there might be times where that's a helpful uh, micro moment of motivation where we say I absolutely have to make this change, otherwise I'm literally going to die. Um, but that's not a sustainable way to connect with the motivation. That's a, you know, something for a very specific moment. Um, but actually finding other ways to frame that kind of life or death um, original motivation. You know, what's going to be possible if I don't die? You know, what are the things that I will get to do um, that will bring a smile to my face? Who is going to benefit from and enjoy this change with me? Those kinds of things. Uh, and then finally... Motivation can come from a network of people on the same path. So similar to the accountability piece, um, joining a, a group or starting a group with people who are, um, I guess, like-spirited, they're in the same kind of space, maybe they're uh, changing as well, uh, maybe in exactly the same areas of life or they might be doing something else, but it's like they're they're engaged in the process of change. Um, you know, it might be helpful to be with people who are developing exactly the same things and growing and changing in the same um, areas as you, but it also might not be. Um, it might specifically be advisable not to um, be alongside people who are doing the same thing. Um, 
so it depends how distracting the presence of other options might be uh, on your journey or even the the kind of you'll know if that you might have a tendency towards the comparison and competition um, energy so uh, yeah if you've settled on a path and you know what you're doing how you how you want to go about the process you might actually benefit more from the energy of people changing in areas that are unrelated to the to the to yours to the things that you're doing Um, so you might not get distracted you might not feel like oh they're doing better than me uh, or oh look they're using these resources they're they're taking this approach they're using those tools Um, I should probably do the same and actually that can be derailing that can be demotivating Um, you know it's actually often the feeling of connection and co-regulation that we get from being with others who who get it who we resonate with that is actually the motivating factor it's not necessarily the uh, specific things they say or the ideas um, that are being shared but just being in a space being able to be and to chat about things that are exciting and growing within us um, and around us um, and to to kind of feed off that energy in others Um, and actually that can be more freeing if um, they're not doing the same thing as us so yeah there we go um, that was everything that I think we talked about. There is just one more thing actually on the on a similar uh, thread to what I was just talking about, um, which m- we might think of as a motivator, which is competition. Um, you know, I haven't mentioned it because we, we didn't actually talk about it um, in our session, funnily enough. Uh, and I, I think it might sort of overlap with some of the things that we've, um, we've covered. But this desire uh, to win can stimulate moments it can stimulate motivation it's not particularly sustainable as a motivator i don't think um, especially if it's just relentless and broad brushed um, but it can yeah it can quickly become a dysregulating energy to operate from you know relationships can take a, a weird turn uh, if our motivation is is constantly driven by uh, competition of course it's circumstances a desire to win catalyzes performance but the athlete who wants to succeed because they want to win is probably going to feel empty if they do and angry if they don't you know success is an intrinsic measurement a personal and meaningful thing to us personally so success is deeper than you know winning if that makes sense Uh, So, yeah, I just wanted to say that because I know this might come up as a motivator for some people. I wanted to address it because it didn't come up in our uh, discussion. And I think it's worth considering as a point to work with if we feel driven by it. You know, how do we harness it in healthy ways and let go of it in almost every other way? Um, You know, how do how can we use our competitive drive to stay motivated? Maybe it's competition with ourselves, competition with um, our efforts as we're going along. Um, but even that, it can have a, um, if it's not sort of done with in, an intentional and um, healthy outlook, it can become a an unhealthy drive, really. So something just to, to bear in mind. Okie dokie. Well, I hope you've, um, I hope you found this little series enjoyable. I can't believe I've, <laughs> yeah, from one Haven session, uh, three podcast episodes have have come out, and I think they've all been they've all had different uh, different flavors to them. Um, so I don't think I've just been repeating myself. I don't feel like I have. Um, 
And as I say, you can download cue cards so you can take a little micro version of each of these episodes with you. Um, and uh, yeah, so like downloadable cue cards, as I mentioned earlier, get them in the show notes or from the dash haven.co slash autumn slash change. Um, it was the first time we did this um, kind of haven brainstorm in this way. Um, we'd not done a theme cotter uh, quite like it before. Uh, so yeah, it was a bit of a, I don't really know what I'm doing. And it, <laughs> it was a bit chaotic uh, to start with, but it, yeah, it was great. I was really glad it, it gave the kind of rich variety of responses that I was, um, I think I was hoping for the kind of, I think the reason that I thought it would work is because I knew the kind of thing or the, the kind of approach that we've taken in conversations before it's like yeah i think this will actually be quite a good way to uh, to open up a theme um together and i love just getting other people's uh, takes on things because you know it it's like i i just have one perspective i have one uh, life <laughs> i only see through my own eyes um and so when you have access to this uh, this group of people from around the world with different backgrounds, different experiences, different, you know, working in different fields and that kind of thing. Actually, it's a great chance to just broaden that horizon and to think about these these deeply universally human themes, change, belonging, serenity. These are the change, uh, the themes for this season. Let's think about these themes uh, f- through the eyes of all of these different um, perspectives and it's it's great so uh yeah if you want to join us for a future one um like the uh, the cotter that inspired these episodes it'd be so good to have you um in the haven hive brainstorm like it's a it's a great thing um, and you know you can come along you don't have to have your camera on or your microphone unmuted uh, there's an invitation to use the chat function to respond to the questions so do it in whatever way is comfortable we could just come and absorb and there's no pressure to to get involved at all um in october i don't know if this will be out uh this might be out after our cotter for october or it might be the day a day or two before it uh, before our theme cotter for october which is going to be uh, responding to questions around the theme of belonging uh, so i'm very interested to see what comes through that um and yeah if you want to join us for that and for our one in november beginning of november 2023 we'll be talking about uh, serenity so different uh, kind of different aspects of this theme of serenity and what it means and um yeah how it how we engage with it in life and where it comes from and that kind of thing so uh yeah come and join us it's just lovely to hang out with gentle souls around the world and talk about stuff like this uh, go deep um and yeah i just love being part of it so great learn more try the haven for a week's uh trial free trial at the hyphen haven.co hyphen being the you know a dash like not the word hyphen i realize as i've been saying that uh people are going to be like the hyphen haven.co maybe i should bag i wonder if that's a that url's been taken the hyphen haven.co uh it's quite, I like how it comes off the tongue, the hyphen haven, the hyphen haven.co. Um, anyway, that's it. 
<laughs> let's end right i'll be back again next time with another episode of the gentle rebel podcast until then do remember that you are an artist the world needs your art now go and make somebody's day bye-bye